This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, and Hawks are with you uh, as we look forward to the NBA postseason returning tonight with the Warriors and the Mavericks game number four. And then tomorrow night we get Miami and Boston as um, that one is a 2-2 series. At least that one is a competitive series. The games, as we've gone over a lot the last couple days and weeks, have not been competitive. All I want is a close game. Is that too much to ask that we get a, a four point game with two minutes to go? Am I asking for a lot here? No. Yeah. No. The the NBA wants that. ABC wants that. I I understand completely where you're coming from because last 17 NBA playoff games, point differential. 20. 20. On average, on average 20. We had a run of 30. It's it's crazy. It is. Let's talk to Ryan McDonough about all of this. Ryan McDonough, Odyssey NBA Insider. He's joining us on the Roma guest line. Ryan, welcome back to the show. And and maybe you have a theory for us. Uh, we've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. The NBA postseason games have been just blowout after blowout. What do you make of this? Is this just a weird trend that, that will just kind of fix itself? Or do you, do you see something that's going on that's causing this as it just feels like we have very few close games here in the last couple weeks? Hey, good morning, guys. Always great to be on with the three of you. I think there are a couple different factors. Uh, Obviously, the three-point shot and the prevalence of it and how many three-point attempts go up each game for both teams. I I think that brings in wider swings game to game and even in-game. Although this year, guys, I've thought a lot about what you guys are just discussing. And I think for me, it comes down to this. and, And I don't think this is getting talked about enough. This is now the third compressed NBA season that is finishing up. Uh, we played three seasons. Uh, th- this will be the third NBA Finals here in a couple weeks that's taken place since October of 2020. Um, that's very unusual. In fact, it's unprecedented. So I think the wear and tear that the players are experiencing, especially the ones that have made deep playoff runs year after year, keep in mind that the Celtics and Heat played two years ago in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, that was in the Orlando bubble in late September, early October 2020. Now they're playing again two seasons later. I just think that is causing uh, teams to break down, players to break down individually. And that's why I think you're seeing so many injuries uh, to stars. And in this series alone, you've seen uh, in and out of the lineup, uh, Marcus Smart, um, you know, Kyle Lowry, uh, Tyler Harrow last night, Robert Williams, 
Uh, so, so for me, it's that. It's just the, the cumulative effect. And uh, the league had no choice. I mean, it's not like I'm criticizing the NBA. They had to do this. But I think mm-hmm. we're seeing some of the negative ramifications from that. Just, you know, game to game, night to night, we check the injury report and try to figure out who's going to play. Yeah, great point. Uh, on last night, Miami-Boston, it's now a 2-2 series. Uh, we started off the show, of course, talking about that game and everything that went into it. And our, our takeaway, even though it, it sounds strange that it's now a 2-2 series, but uh, the betting numbers reflect this. Celtics a heavy favorite. Celtics minus 175 for the series. Best of three, Miami home court, but it feels Celtics moving forward. Do you agree? I do. As you guys know, before the playoffs started, I picked the Celtics to win the Eastern Conference and play for the NBA championship, and I picked them prior to this series. I think they're the better team. I think they have the best defense in the league. I think they have more talent and depth than Miami does. And what really stood out to me last night, guys, especially with Kyle Lowry limited, Miami doesn't have enough individual shot creators to beat in, in, in succession, Boston in this round, and then Golden State in the finals. I, I just don't think they can do it. And, and, and if I'm wrong, I'll come back on with you guys in a few weeks and eat my words. But uh, I think if you look at the, the top teams, uh, Boston, Golden State, I think Phoenix was in that mix before they get knocked out. They have multiple shot creators. And as I'm evaluating the Miami Heat, with a limited Kyle Lowry, uh, obviously Tyler Harrell helps a lot. We saw how important he was uh, in his absence last night. Um, but, but if Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo are off at all, with Lowry's back the way it is and him not being the same player due to the injury, I, I just don't think Miami can win against this defensive juggernaut in Boston. So we'll see what happens. And as I mentioned earlier, the injuries are a huge factor. We'll see uh, about the availability of Marcus Smart and Robert Williams going forward. So you know, could Miami pull off? Uh, in my opinion, a significant upset and win this series, sure. Um, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. The Celtics would get my money. I, I think they're going to win this series and play for the NBA Finals. Ryan, you're talking about the compressed season and, um, you know, the Warriors have a chance to close things out and get like nine days rest before the finals start. Who do you like tonight? It is a little bit surprising. The Warriors are, you know, plus one on the spread. Um, but do you think they end things for the Mavericks tonight? I wouldn't be shocked if the Mavs win this one and extend it. I, uh, Golden State's going home either way. Either they win game four and sweep and go home and have almost a week and a half off before the finals, as you mentioned, or they go home and play game five. So, um, you know, I, I've liked Golden State's approach throughout the playoffs. I think in this series in particular, uh, it's, it's been excellent. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lean toward Dallas tonight, just extending the series. I, I think, um, you know, they, they, they're role players at home. I'm anticipating them shooting the ball better. I mean, the other night was a disaster with Reggie Bullock, I believe, going 0 for 10. Uh, Maxi Kleber has really gotten gun-shy, and, and I think the shots Kleber is turning down have really negatively impacted this Dallas team because, guys, if you're Luka Doncic or Jason Kidd, you need those guys to shoot those shots. Even if they don't make them, the threat of the shot stretches the defense and opens up driving lanes uh, for Doncic and Dinwiddie and Brunson. So uh, I expect Dallas to play better tonight. Uh, I'm going to go with the Mavs. It's, a, as you mentioned, our slight uh, upset at home. I think we'll extend the series, uh, and my guess is then the Warriors close it out in five. Ryan, is there a lesson to be learned from watching Andrew Wiggins play with the Warriors? I mean, he was a top pick. He's he's, he's had a good career. He's he's put points on the board. He has had put stats up, but it never really led to anything. He was almost like a forgotten player in Minnesota, and he gets to the Warriors, and and he's turned there. Is there a lesson to be learned with guys that are picked high by teams that don't win and just take some time or maybe a different situation? It's just interesting watching him, especially that dunk on Luka. 
it's like all these years later, it's like he finally had that kind of moment that obviously the Timberwolves thought he could have when they drafted him. I think Andrew Wiggins may be the Warriors MVP so far. I mean, Steph Curry's great, uh, but but Wiggins, with his two-way impact, especially defensively, his ability to guard Luka, uh, he has been phenomenal. And the lesson for me, guys, I put out a tweet about this the other night, is that NBA teams can never and should never stop evaluating talent. And what I mean by that is Andrew Wiggins was the number one pick in the 2014 draft. Um, Way back eight years ago, he was much maligned for his approach uh, throughout high school and even early in Minnesota that he was too passive, that he didn't care enough, that he wasn't aggressive enough. And some of those criticisms probably were true, um, but he has grown and matured as a player. Uh, He's defensively in particular uh, embraced the role. And, And I think so much of the league, guys, and this is an underrated aspect of it, so much of the league is situation opportunity and role acceptance and Wiggins who um, you know maybe wasn't suited to be the number one guy in face of the franchise which is the role Minnesota had him in especially prior to the arrival of Carl Anthony Towns um, he's thriving in this role where if you look at Golden State you're game planning for the Warriors on the other side of it you're obviously stopping Steph Curry first and foremost and then secondarily Clay and probably take trying to take away Draymond's playmaking and now have Jordan Poole to worry about. Uh, so Wiggins is another player. He's certainly a starter and a good player, but um, he, he's not the focal guy uh, hanging you know, up on the marquee and discussed early in the scouting report. And I think that's allowed him to play a role uh, to grow and thrive. So I'm really happy for him. Um, you know, he's obviously been a good representative for, for both of his franchises, Minnesota and Golden State, both on and off the court. Uh, he faced heavy criticism, and now he's rebounded in a big way. And, and for me, he's the reason that, uh, you know, Warriors, uh, again, I think they'll lose tonight, but they are going to the NBA Finals, whether it's tonight or two nights from now. And Wiggins is a huge part of the reason why. Ryan, you led me right to my next question. And Wiggins, Western Conference MVP, brand new award, something you can bet on. He's the third favorite at 29 to 1. Wiggins, 29 to 1. Uh, something we threw out, crazy long shot idea. Just get, wanted to get your thoughts on this. On the other side, for the Eastern Conference MVP, Tatum is the favorite at about even money. Robert Williams, last two games he's been on the court, they've won by 20, they've won by 25. And he's shutting it down on defense. Is Robert Williams 210 to 1 even worth a flyer for Eastern Conference MVP? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Boy, well, I I like the Wiggins odds a lot better. In fact, I really like the Wiggins (laughs) odds. I think there's great value there. With Robert Williams, it's going to be difficult. Uh, He was terrific last night. Uh, 12 points, nine rebounds, two blocks, uh, but he only played 19 minutes. Uh, And Boston was a plus 15 in those 19 minutes. The interior defense that Robert Williams and Al Horford played, I thought was phenomenal. I mean, they really put a lid on the rim. Miami couldn't get anything at the basket. They only scored 82 points uh, for the game, and 30 of those were in the fourth quarter in garbage time. So uh, Williams' impact has been significant. Uh, I just think Tatum has been too good, too solid, uh, too consistent, and will we'll have to continue to be uh, for the Celtics to win. Uh, you know, let, let's look at it this way. I think if Boston wins the series, it's because Tatum stays in the lineup and continues to play well. Uh, in that case, Tatum wins the MVP. 
And if Tatum is injured or does not play well, the Celtics lose the series. In that case, Robert Williams still is not the winner. It's somebody on Miami. So I, I would go with Tatum. I know it's even money, but I think it's his award to win. And, um, you know, Boston needs him. I was interested to see how he was going to respond to the shoulder stinger last night. And, and he was phenomenal, uh, you know, scoring 31 points in a game that points were very tough to come by. Ryan, tonight's uh, game, where would you be looking props-wise? Points, assists, rebounds, blocks, steals, any area uh, that maybe – uh, I should be looking and our listeners should be looking for props. <laughs> More so me. I mean, I'm selfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, 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 let's, not, let's, let's not couch it with the listeners, Aaron. Let, let's be honest as, as far as what's this all about. Um, <laughs> you know, no, I, I would look at uh, the Mavs role players, and, and these are probably going to be low uh, totals in terms of um, mean reversion. That's one of the things I look at as an executive or now as a, uh, an analyst. Mean reversion, um, you know, shooting in particular. I think any any points bets with Reggie Bullock, uh, Maxi Kleber, um, those guys need to make shots. Uh, I think given how poorly they shot recently, especially last game, there, sh- there will be shots available to them. Uh, I think if if you're Golden State, you're up 3-0, and you say, look, loading up on Luca uh, and, and kind of daring those guys to shoot is working, and now they're in their own heads. So I would bet on that. I mean, I, I think. Luke is going to do his thing, put up, you know, his monstrous numbers. We, we've talked about how Wiggins has done a relatively good job on him, but that doesn't mean that Luke's numbers, uh, you know, won't continue to be historic. Uh, Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, will, will do their thing as well. But uh, the Mavs role players, I'm looking at Bullock and Colbert. Uh, and if you want to take some real risk, maybe Bertans, although he doesn't play enough minutes for me to be comfortable betting. Uh, but but I, I look at Bullock plus and Colbert plus on the points, just thinking they'll knock in a couple open threes because those shots will be there for them. And other than in game three against Golden State, throughout the rest of the playoffs, those two guys and the Mavs as a team have shot the ball very well at home. Ryan, we, we were discussing the last couple of days the, uh, the potential here for the Warriors to have a significant amount of rest heading towards the finals. Meanwhile, the Easter Conference Finals looks like, I mean, it's obviously going to go six or seven. They're going to have much less rest. Um, that I imagine it's going to be a story over the next week. Let's say the Warriors finish it tonight. They'll have about nine days until next Thursday night. June 2nd is uh, game one of the NBA Finals. Um, an advantage, a significant advantage? Do you worry about Russ? What, what's your thought on that, um, assuming the Warriors end this tonight or let's say even in game five? Normally, I would say I'd be a little concerned about rust. However, in this situation, uh, given what we discussed earlier with, with the compressed schedule, with players seemingly breaking down left and right, and also as I, as I look at the injury report for Golden State, they have a couple key players, Gary Payton the second in particular, who uh, they've left the door open a crack to see if he could potentially return at some point from that left elbow fracture. We know how important and impactful he is defensively and how versatile he is defensively, and he's added the three-point shot. Uh, Andre Guadala, there have been reports recently that he may be able to come back in the NBA Finals. And then Otto Porter Jr., we saw him leave the game the other night with the left foot injury. Uh, maybe he can get fully healthy and return. So, I, yeah, I, I think it's a big advantage for Golden State. Um, keep in mind, guys, also, like Miami and Boston is an extremely physical series. I mean, those teams are really, um, you know, rough physical squads. They're beating each other up. Uh, so if Golden State can cruise past Dallas in four or five games, have a week or more off, get two or three of those guys healthy in Iguodala, Peyton, and Porter Jr., and also get Clay Thompson uh, fully healthy. Keep in mind, Clay had two and a half years off due to injury. Um, you know, he's played well, but a, a lot of minutes. He's um, certainly played better in the second half of games than he has in the first half, which is 
for me. Uh, interesting because I wonder if he's getting loose as the game goes on and more comfortable in the second half. So I think for mainly for health reasons, uh, you know, Golden State having as much time off as possible uh, would be a good thing, especially if Miami and Boston go seven games and those teams continue to beat each other up. We've got about a minute left. Anything that you've heard, reaction to the NBA draft com- combine? We're hoping uh, they, they start posting some bets, but right now, number one overall pick is the only thing available to wager on with the draft. Yeah, with the combine, talking to executives and coaches around the league, I mean, one of the stories was uh, the guys who didn't participate, and unfortunately, 40 players didn't show up. So uh, I don't think from a draft perspective, especially from a lottery first-round perspective, it was that uh, illustration illustrative um the the things i'm you know hearing guys that are interesting are just the swirl about uh, number one pick as you mentioned orlando uh their executives who run the franchise jeff weltman and john hammond love length uh they've been associated with length throughout their careers drafting Giannis in milwaukee and now drafting you know a lot of long guys uh like mohammed bamba and others in, in Orlando. Uh, so teams are speculating, is, is it Chet Holmgren, the guy who's you know, a unique prospect, um, does maybe not a perfect fit on paper. Uh, Jabari Smith, there, there seems to be some smoke. Uh, that, that's what you know, most of the people around the league are focused on, less so Paulo Bencaro. Is it Holmgren? Is it Jabari Smith? Obviously, there'll be a lot of smoke screens, and I don't know if the decision's been made, but uh, if, if you were betting it, assuming that Orlando is going to keep the pick and draft one, I'd put my money on those two guys. Most people think it's Smith, Although, if you look at the pattern and the history of the front office in Orlando, that would point you toward Holmgren. BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.